Welcome to the Propreneur Podcast, where we help practice owners become better entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Dino Watt. And welcome once again, everybody, to the Propreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Dino Watt. Excited to have you here again for another episode where we get to dive into the best practices for you and your practice. And before we get into the show this week, I just want to say again, a huge thank you to all of you who have shared this podcast with your friends and colleagues and have been generous enough over now that we're back from COVID, there's a few events I've been able to go to and meet with some of you and people coming up at, telling me how much they've enjoyed the podcast and, and uh, having good conversations around it. So I really, really appreciate that. Well, today is no different. And our amazing guest, we are actually going to be talking about some really interesting ways uh, on design of your practice and the lessons learned through years and years and years of designing the practice with Steve Anderson from Denco Dental. Man, this is gonna be really cool because he's got some insights that I don't think a lot of you are thinking about until you have the opportunity to talk to him and ask him. So I'm excited to have you. Steve, thank you for being on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Dino. Appreciate well, it. Steve, as we do with every episode, as we first like to start off with everyone's story, because I believe stories connect all of us. So tell us your story. How did you get involved in this industry and uh, where, how you got to where you are now? Well, uh, I was born and raised in Iowa and uh, learned some very important lessons, uh, life lessons that really helped me in business. And that was be true yourself and, and do what you say, stand behind what you do. And, you know, honor your commitments. And it's interesting how that's really helped in business, especially um, there's some big life lessons that I had through the process. But as I came down here, I was in just general construction and uh, actually I was working for a company and they helped me get started in business, actually. And after about four years, I'm going, okay, I'm tired of being everything to everyone. Mm -hmm. And what was interesting is um, it was a little longer than four years, but what's interesting is in that process, I, I saw so often that you were, I was just a number. I had no value. And I have this little thing called need. I need to be needed, you know, and have some value to it. Sure. And so I wanted to enjoy what I do. And so driving to work, literally, by the time I got to work, I realized that I had asked some questions and, and I came up with a new game plan and that was who needs help? Well, it was dentists. I thought of all the dentist offices I'd done and, and more times than not, they had more questions than answers. Mm. And, uh, and then uh, also seeing how many times missed expectations happened because we were following the plans but, and built what the plan said, but it missed the objective of what the doctor wanted and, and so many others. And so we came up with DENCO, Dental Construction, and DEN stands for dental and CO stands for construction, real simple. Yeah. And then I did probably the smartest thing I've done as I did all those uh, things where you listen to all the tapes and Zig Ziglar and oh, all sure. the to-dos and all those things over the years. And all of a sudden I had all these to-dos and I was overwhelmed. And I took uh, and invited uh, um eight or nine dentists that were successful uh, to lunch and individually asked them, what could I have done better? What should I do now? Uh, get some suggestions and insights. And, and from that, I took off. Wow. Found your nice little niche in that area. Did you grow up in construction? Was that something that you had? No, uh, no. In fact, in school, my teacher said, I sh that's the last thing I should do with my talents. Is oh, really? Construction. You should don't waste your time on being a carpenter. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And, and then, uh, you know, it, it's, and I didn't like construction because my dad had uh, tools that were not good tools. Hmm. And it's, and I relate that to dentist is what was interesting is I wanted to run when it came time to saw something because it was a dull blade. I didn't know what a real sharp blade was like, or a handsaw that wouldn't cut anything or, you know, or a, a really, terrible hammer that wouldn't hammer things. So by not having the right tools, it wasn't really of interest to me. And it, it's interesting how it's circumvented. Well, I can tell you from, uh, we literally just moved into our house about three months ago, spent the last year building it. And we, you know, built it with a subcontractor from the ground up. My wife designed pretty much everything. And as you said, a moment ago, 
you know, you have this idea in your head of what it looks like in the plans, because that's what we told the architect to draw and to do. And that's what we thought. And there's at least a dozen things in the house now that we love. We love our house, we love way we design. And there are things that we said all the time, we're like, okay, so the next house, we're going to do it this way because we weren't quite thinking through this thing or no one told us about that or why didn't they stop us before we did that? And so having you as that resource has got to be a really big benefit for these doctors. Oh, it, it's, uh, it's amazing. You know, the, the extra questions, a great example uh, comes to mind is a number of years ago, we had an office that I went and the doctor said, I have the permit. I'm ready to go, Steve. Let's talk. Let's see what we can do. And I, and one thing I've learned early on is permission to talk and ask questions. So we set them aside, and then I asked some questions how his office was working. And he says, "Well, the operatories, you know, I hired a specialist, but they're always a little tight." And I said, "Well, did you get those addressed?" And he said, "Well, no." And I'm going, "Okay, you're bringing in a dentist that is 112 pounds bigger than you." Oh, wow. Another five inches taller, and you're already tight from between the head of the patient and the head wall. And I said, "What? Let's walk your office." And and we said, "You know, look at this. You got a six foot wide hallway behind your operatory. They could easily take an extra foot, foot and a half out of it. No one would even know the difference." Yeah, he said, "You can do that." <laughs> I said, oh, "Wow." And then on top of that, what was sad is the entire plans for adding the extra four or five operatories was predicated on the design of the operatories that weren't working. Wow. And it was just a great reminder of me how often those extra questions don't get asked. You know, another one was uh, going uh, real early on, right before I chose to specialize, I remember walking through the office and we had the finals. And we opened up the closet and the doctor's mouth drops because, God, that's beautiful. What is it? I said, well, that's your $800 mop sink. And he just turned red. And he was after a $50 mop sink, just something to fit the face and sit the, uh, fit the need. And unfortunately, the disconnect. And so all those things kind of planted little, little tidbits in my mind. And that's how I think, little bullet points. And, and so I constantly would uh, make notes and scribble. And I had literally a four or five foot pile of notes before I wrote my first book. And then something happened in 2008. You know, the market went. Sure, right. And all the dentists stuck their head in the sand. Mm -hmm. and, and so I had time to finish my first book. And then also at the same time, created little seminars, like put a skip back in your step and other things just to engage not only the dentist but also the dental professionals that they're kind of doing the same thing they're you know screaming going where's the business and and said you need to create some value right and so we started looking at business differently value creation is the key that most people don't understand that that will actually always trump any of the major challenges you can got to find new ways to add value so let's back up for just a moment because what i'd like to know is is when you started on this journey and you sat with those different, you know, dentists, dental friends, knowing that they needed some help in their design areas and, and, and stuff like that. Where did you feel your biggest challenge came from when it came to getting into the industry or starting to get people to trust you with your design ideas? Was there a challenge that you came up against then? Uh, always being the new kid on the block. You know, there's people that are out there, been there a while and, mm -hmm. But it's interesting is being consistent made the difference. Being consistent and, and being the same time and time and time again. And, and it just, we don't advertise. We don't uh, put anything out there. It, it's all just word of mouth. And, wow. and what's really interesting is um, that's what it's about, is really doing what is best. And it's, it's interesting early on. I tried to sell myself, you know, and, and I learned an important lesson is instead be myself. Mm. And when I did my first seminar with uh, a close friend of mine, Dr. Jacoby uh, over at the dental school, we had a good time and we came up to this part where uh, now we're going to teach the students on how to sell dentistry. And man, everybody perked up their, you know, and sat 
I totally envisioned that in my head. That's why you saw my, for those of you watching on video saw my eyes brow, my eyebrows raised because that's an area where a lot of people don't want to get into. I love it, but I think it's yeah. so, I could just imagine how they all react. Oh, it, but it was so fun to watch. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden the doctor walks in and we, they literally did a role play and the doctor walked in and tapped him on the shoulder and, and said, so how are you? And, the, and briefly just connected and, and made a relationship. And then the doctor says, okay, and then now I'm going to give them options and, and then you wait. Mm -hmm. And after all that, the doctor, everyone's going, well, what about, what about, and he says, no, you don't get it. It's about relationships. And it's about taking a step back and realizing you want to treat them as a friend because mm -hmm. they're gonna they're gonna take care of you. And basically you do what's right for your client and, and your your patient, money will come. Mm -hmm. But if you start chasing that dollar, he says it's you're gonna have struggle because you're gonna play all these games and you're gonna do all these things. And instead, be yourself, be who you are, and take care of them. Yeah. That's so true. So when you get together with a doctor, obviously it sounds like your process is a little different. What are some of the things that you maybe are surprised? I'm sure not after this long length of time doing what you do, but the thing that maybe they're surprised to hear that you can help them with, because your books, we were talking about this before we actually got in the air and we'll talk about your books in a moment, but your books aren't necessarily just about how to construct a better office. It's really about business. So what are some of the things they're surprised to hear from you when you're starting the process of their new office build? Probably the biggest is just asking the extra question. You know, just um, how many times uh, people come to me with an existing floor plan and just being able to say, let's set it aside and mm -hmm. let's find out who you are and what's important. And when I lecture over at ADEC, I start off... Uh, our our presentation with the song uh who are you by the who ah. and people kind of what is this about but you know that's really the premise of of what i found over time i i started looking back and who are the ones that really get it and really made a difference and accelerated and through the whole process mm -hmm. they knew who they were yeah. They really understand what they were about and they didn't take these side journeys on and they were okay in saying no. That's another big lesson that I, I teach at the school is we're going to learn a new word and you need to learn <laughs> it really carefully is no, you know, that not everything out there is for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. When you are going to have process and, and, and having people kind of really figure out who they are, trying to dig into who they are, um, are they surprised that that is important to go into the build when they come to you with the said earlier, they come to you with an existing floor plan, right? They've probably done all this research online, found these things that are supposed to be great. And then you're saying, well, does this actually fit who you are? Yeah. Like I can imagine they're surprised of you caring about that. Yeah. Oh, wow. You know, it, a couple things come, come to mind. One is, uh, I have students or young dentists that have just gone to the latest seminar and they come back and they've got this binder oh, yeah. and say, I want to build this. This is, I mean, they tell me everything I should do and how I should set up the ops and all that. And I set it aside again and I asked some questions, but I said, at the end, I said, don't be surprised if we only keep 20 to 30% of this Kool-Aid. And they go, but, but I just, I really love this. And I said, okay, but first let's see if it applies, you know, and, and I learned that as a big lesson early on. And that's where I can speak to them firsthand is all these seminars and all these different things to go to. Usually there's one or two nuggets that you want to hang on to. And so you just need to let it go. Yeah. You know, and and so, a lot of seminars have what that uh, a lot of shiny objects, right? You see, Sometimes they fall in love with that. And in my experience, anyway, they fall in love with the thing because of the person presenting the thing. And yeah. they see this person being successful or, you know, they have this great story behind it. And I'm not discounting any of those things. But when you're in the audience and maybe you're coming from a place of want and need and, and almost desperation, that looks way better than what you have right now. So that must be the answer to the problem. Yeah. And, and it's back to who are you? 
Yeah. You know, and, I, and, and there's times when I finish the meeting with them and say, you're not ready to start an office yet. You need to work on these items and come back a year or two later. Or, you know, I had a doctor that has an 1800 square foot office and he found a 6,000 square foot office and says, I'm ready to go to work. And I says, wow. let's talk for a few minutes. Wow. And at the end of 15 minutes later, I said, cancel that appointment with the uh, realtor because it's going to kill you. Yeah, and I can. And then we went to his office and for $40,000, he could get everything he needed to take him to the next step to make him ready for maybe a 3000 square foot office, but not a 6000 square foot office. Yeah, you have that. What's that saying where, you know, your eyes are bigger than your stomach and well, it happens. Yeah. And, and also, you know, the, the thing that's interesting is uh, we get this ego and, you know, Dr. Jones across the street or Mrs. Yes. You know, across the, yeah. has done a great job. And look, they've done six offices. I need to do another one. And, yeah. and I have a heart to heart with them and say, is that you though? You know, and, and the bottom line is, is what is success? I love that you're, you're, you're coming back to the, again, that, uh, who are you? Like my question that I ask all the time to my doctors and they're going to be a potential client is what do you want? Because understanding that for me is key, right? They're, like you said, these doctors or anybody really, it's not just doctors, anybody like sees somebody else who's maybe in their vein or their age group or, you know, came from their same area and background and they see this quote unquote success, like you said, not really defining what success is, but seeing their, what looks like success. And because you haven't defined that for yourself, haven't defined what do you want, well, then that looks really tempting. I, I'll never forget. I had a doctor once call me out of Texas. We're having a good conversation. And he was like, listen, you know, I, I don't want to work more than I already am. You know, he's an orthodontist. And he said, I, I see I work, you know, four days a week. I see about 80 patients a day. I know I got my friends who are seeing 100, 120 patients a day. I don't want to work that hard. Uh, I don't want to grow that much more other than the cost of living and I like to know that I have my weekends free to go surfing or go to the lake. Like he knew what he wanted and his fear was that I was going to come in and then tell him all these things he needed to have to be successful, which was the exact opposite. Cause I was like, no, I dude, you, you need to decide what you want. Let's get that. And that sounds like what you're doing here in the practices helping. First of all, people understand who they are and what type of doctor they want to be, and then finding out what they want and design that instead of what everybody else says they should want. Yes. And, you know, it's so right on. I appreciate people of like minds and, you know, it's my hat's off to you. And, and it's neat to be a catalyst to help people think differently yeah. and understand that they can be themselves and it's okay. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a amazing how, society says you need to be like so-and-so be like Mike, be like, and be yourself. Yep. So yeah. let's talk about that in your design, because here's the thing that I find interesting is, and I know you see this way more than I do. When I go to offices, I'll go to offices that I know, I know that doctor did not design or decorate or put any thought into, and they bought it from someone else who 30 years ago designed it and decorated. I, I'll never forget. I remember going to one of the very first offices I ever went to. It's in Florida. And I knew this doctor was like a young kind of like hipster guy. And his, I think he was barely hitting 30. And I walk in and I thought I had gone into a time warp of the 70s with the decor and everything. There was literally doily things hanging out. <laughs> like these brass fish hanging out. I was going... There's no way this is your style. So obviously that's the core, but when it comes to actually designing the practice, how do you help them really bring out their own personality into what they're going to design into the practice? And especially in, in the dental world, it seems like, you know, peds can have your uh, you know, more of a, a kid friendly or focused uh, situation in the design, or you might want to have more an elegant one because you're focusing on, you know, parents or adults or whatever. So how do you, how do you go about that process? Well, it, it's uh, so well stated. That's a great question. Uh, I uh, had so many experiences of dentists even walking in and say, I don't know what I want. Yeah. And we're, we're 
we do probably 85, 90% or more of our finishes here in the office. And we got a system down that literally in three hours, we're 85, 90% done. And we come wow. back a couple of weeks later and we wrap it up. Wow. And people go, oh, I can't do this. And I just say, relax. And we just look at some pictures and, you know, I said, if nothing else, let's just flip through our website. What grabs your attention? And mm -hmm. I've literally had doctors say, I want that. Just mimic that. And I say, okay, but first we're going to set it aside. I keep setting sides, but <laughs> first, but first let's ask some questions. Mm -hmm. And so that dentist, uh, that lady uh, really sticks in my mind is I just give me exactly that. But the blue was different and the degree and the type of the wainscoting was different. And, and there was just enough of her twists and her design and then also the finish and the size of the office. Mm -hmm. I mean, she loved it so much that last month she sent me this big gift basket and said, oh, uh -huh. Steve, you know, I, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And that's my payoff. I mean, it's so fun. And I've also had doctors that go off to this uh, seminar for the weekend and then they get sold. And uh, one, I remember, spent $10,000 on finishes. So he flew up out of town for the weekend with his wife and, and they spent the weekend on finishes. They came back and I met with the doctor and I'm looking at his color board and I said, hmm, I said, you know what? It's kind of like your friend. I, I said, let's, uh, why don't you come to my office and let's, let's just play with this. Yeah. And I said, look at it. We're going to close it and put it across the, over in the corner. And at the end of the meeting, you should have seen how excited they were. I mean, they came in kind of okay, but at the end they were going, wow, I love this. And I love that. And I said, let's toy with me now. Let's pull out the, 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 the plan, you know, the design that you paid $10,000 for. What do you think? And we kept one color, the accent wow. color, but nothing else that we keep. And one was designed because it was a boilerplate and basically it was from a group and they, was, they were in the Midwest and they allowed and were more about uh, creating what they knew rather than what they didn't know was the client and the client design and, and feel. And when I went to their open house, I mean, he, he just, just beaming you know, and, his, and his patients and his staff and, and everybody just could not say enough about it because it was him. Yeah. And he just thoroughly loved it. And then there's the payoff that dentists don't think about. Well, for me, it's the part of that payoff is the walking into work every day, feeling like you and everybody else are, is rising up to the level of that design, right? To oh. make you feel good. Uh, Oprah had this thing years ago. My wife talks about it every once in a while about how Oprah said your home should make you rise up to the level of who you want to be, right? Like you walk in and it feels like it's your, it's your safe place. It shouldn't be a place where you're dreading or don't care about. And I think that for me is, and it's so interesting. I never thought I'd ever, ever be talking about this on my podcast, but there are times <laughs> where I walk into offices and I'm like, there's no way this inspires you when you walk in every day. Yeah. That's there's like no way that you walk in and go like, man, yeah, this is, this is where the magic happens, right? This is where I get to change people's lives through what I do. And the, the, the office, the building, the structure, the, the colors make me want to rise up. Yeah. And, and that's where, you know, having done over a thousand design build dental offices, not one is alike. And I tell students, I says, how can that be? Well, are any of you the same? That's right. No. You know, each one of you are unique. And you need to make it about you. Here's where you get selfish. And so often in the design process, the disconnect happens where there's a certain amount of us that are, you know, directory, uh, you know, they, they dictate, you know, and say, yes. well, you just take care of the finishes. I'll like it, whatever you want. I've had doctors walk in and say that. Yeah. And I said, if there's any time you want to invest your time to, for the future payoff, get invested right now. Yeah. Right now is when, because what you decide the next three hours is really going to make a difference in your life and your future and how well it does. Unfortunately, I think that's uh, a result of a lot of people really not understanding 
how much their environment affects their mental capacity. And there's, you know, we deal, you and I both deal with people who are high performers. They are people who, when they went to school, you know, they put their nose down and just got it done and they could figure it out. And they, a lot of them skipped the parties, right. And, and, and focused on getting through school. And so it's very admirable. Uh, the challenge is that we don't always think about how the environment we're in is going to either help us up level our energy, our focus, our mindset, or it's going to bring us down. And if you're not walking into a space every day that makes you go, oh, like, oh, let me give you an example here. We designed this house that th- those of you that are watching this online can see my office. It's my new office. And I've got picture windows on this side and those curtains behind me cover up another set of picture windows that I closed when we we're doing filming because it's too much light. But I can see the whole mountain range from of my of Utah. And it's so inspiring just to walk in every day and be like, okay, now it's time to get to work. And you have a different feel. Uh, I remember talking to a doctor once um, about this. In my first book, I talk about making sure you have stuff in your office that energizes you. If you're a big sports fan, have sports stuff in there. If you're a big, you know, musical fan or music fan, I have a doctor there in Arizona who has a big, huge jukebox and all these musical stuff because she's a very musical person. And he redesigned his practice. And I walked in and I saw some of the decor. Now, the design was gorgeous. It looked like very upscale and professional. I loved what he did. I remember looking over the wall and I saw these two massive, beautiful black and white pictures. And wow, those are really nice. One was like close up of some rocks. Another one was like some sand or something like that. And one of the receptionists, she goes, oh, that's that's the doctor's picture. He, He took those. And I was like, that is awesome because it adds that much more personality to it to the point where I even said he should sign it like in a gold thing, like sign it. So people can see, Ooh, that's he's beyond an orthodontist. He actually does this. So I totally see that what you're talking about of how, you know, let people know who you are and let the design around you reflect that. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, the pictures behind me are ones I've taken. That's, that's oh, my joy. That's, nice. what I, that's what I enjoy doing. Yep. And that's my release and relaxation and, and uh, my getaway. Nice. Um, but you know, the, you're so, so, so right. And what's interesting is I've always had this theory uh, early on that if you, um, and where it, where it started was early on, there was a company that I took a few doctors to, and I even brought them in town to do seminars in the first time they'd ever done it on a remote setting. And when they were there, I started thinking they're teaching the same Kool-Aid and, and it's always the same level. Something's missing here. And I started developing this thing. Well, if you develop yourself where if your design level is at this point here and you're overbuild it or underbuild it, you're missing the mark. Mm. and you're going to not like to go to work as much. And I've always felt that. And then uh, about eight years ago, I was walking into an office uh, to look at a minor remodel and I'm going, well, where's the doctor? And, and I, the office is just way over the top. I mean, way over the top. If At the time, if it was 120 was the average square foot, this was probably 220 mm. and just very ostentatious. And, I came around the corner and found the doctor sitting hunched over his desk and just his whole demeanor was depressed. And, and the doctor says, I just have a hard time coming to work. Mm. And the reason is, is he signed over that duty early on and just handed it to the designer and architect and let him have fun. Yeah. And he didn't pay attention what it was until he walked in and goes, Oh my God, this isn't me. And and then, but what's the, the payoff is you take that time and invest that three hours. So if you're going to invest any time, let's, let's think about this people, three hours of time to get exactly what you want and make sure that you understand everything that's going on. If you can do that, what happens is the payoff is like 34% national average wow. increased production over two years. Now, now what else can you invest three hours in? maybe six, you know, if you can count the, the return trip, yep. but less than a day's time, what can you have that kind of return in? Yeah. And, yeah. and that's the thing that so many don't realize is 
where we major in the minors so often rather than major in the majors and choosing time to spend time on things that'll have that big return. And I've, I've had dentists that are maybe only at 20, 25% increase when they move. And people say, well, how come I'm less? Well, personality, you know, uh, maybe you didn't take that step enough. You didn't believe in yourself enough to, to do actually what you needed to, or there's lots of other things that bog us down, but I've seen, you know, 50 and 60% increases. And I've seen people that just knock it out of the park. I've, I've seen more times than not people move into the space of their dreams. And when they do that, they not only are excited about going and stuff, but then they have the, a bigger problem. You know what the bigger problem is, you know? Too many patients. Yes. They, they, <laughs> they don't have time to advertise. They don't have, they don't have an advertising budget all of a sudden because, and some doctors don't get it. And, and, and there's some doctors that have that really good relationship with their team and with their patients, but their patients are embarrassed for the office. So they don't give a referral. But what's interesting is all of a sudden they go into a new surrounding that matches the level of care. That's right. The office, all of a sudden they give referrals. Yep. And the doctor's just blown away. Well, so I, I apologize when I was saying too many patients, I was saying in the, in the good scheme, right? When they match yes. who they are with what they're building, that can be a good problem to have. But yeah, like you have too many people referring you. But I, I totally agree. Listen, I, there have been plenty of times where my wife and I walked into some place and my wife is like, I would never get my teeth done here. I would never, or I would never refer a friend just because of the look of things. I remember years ago, I was interviewing somebody on the podcast even, and they said the number one thing for them, he was a dentist. And he said, number one thing for him that's most important was to have a clean bathroom. He said, because if you don't have a clean bathroom and mom goes in there, she's thinking, well, if they can't clean the bathroom, what are they going to do with my mouth, right? And I think the principle of that is, well, it really is a reflection of you in every way. And we want people to walk in there and have continually positive notes about it. One of the things I think, and maybe you can speak to this is, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a doctor out there right now thinking, yeah, but if you make it too nice, then patients say things like, oh, well, I'm paying for this place. You know, that's why he charges so much. And I think we need to get over that concern, uh, but I can see where that can come into play with some people. Have you ran into that? Well, that, that, that becomes a self-confidence issue. Right. Okay. You know, it, it really is. And I've been there. I've done that. I mean, uh, early on in business, you know, my, I, I was self-defeating and I created nightmares for myself. And fortunately, I did some good things like invest in a good counselor and help me get through those things and, and work through some of my issues. And, and it really makes a difference. You know, but if you're already have that self-defeating at, uh, attitude built within you, uh, it sure doesn't help. No. And, it, and it's and I'm not telling everyone to go out and build the biggest, the, the most lavish. No, if, if you did, you didn't hear me. What I'm saying is right. build the top of your level of expertise and your level of comfort. And I, I have an office that I did a number of years ago over in Phoenix and it was the lowest design I've ever done. And every year the guy would come up and give me a big hug and just thank me for being in there and how much he'd grown and how successful he's been and, and why. It was exactly where he was. Mm. And it was important to him to be there for his patients and his clientele was low income and he just knocked it out of the park. Wow. But he understood who he was and he was okay with that. That's, and that's so important, right? Again, when you know who you are and then you walk into work, every, this is a place you're going to spend more time than you do with your family in a lot of the uh, situations yeah. to make sure it's a place that, that helps elevate you and your mindset as you walk in there. I, it's fascinating to me that we could be, we can continue talking about this forever around design. And, <laughs> and I love it. I love it. Uh, but I do want to make sure that we talk about, you have two books that you've written around this concept. The first one, really more direct. The second one, uh, a little bit more than just building out your practice, right? So talk about those. Well, I, I, uh, the second book is basically taking the first book and put it on steroids. Nice. And basically, it's 
all the things that you question, you know, and it's called Dental Ease, the essential guide and stress-free and profitable guide to your dreams. And what it's about is your dreams. It's not my dreams. And I, I just, and I just think back about uh, my team got that early on and I'd be, I'd have to be reminded occasionally said, Steve, it's their dream, hmm. you know, and because there's offices that we've designed that I didn't like. And it's not, again, it's not about me. There, there's some flow and design things that are a little different. And I don't know if I'd recommend them, but they work perfectly for that dentist because he was allowed to really understand. He understood, or another one, she understood how they wanted to work and see patients and, and give that experience to their patients. And so in putting the book together, I, I created segments and I'm toying with the idea of going back to pen and, and breaking this out, but into five books rather than just uh, put it more bite-sized because it is 324 pages. And I'm, I'm smiling there with you going, I don't know if I want to do this or not, but uh, I'm, I'm laughing too. Cause so from my first book, uh, I created a whole coaching program that it has a huge manual. It's about a 300 page manual that I give to my clients when they hire me. And I have thought literally for the last five years, should I break that up into five different sections and then like give it to people and like, Oh, I'll sell this as one book and that one book. But the process of going through that is so overwhelming. Yeah. So I'm, I'm right there with you. So, but I've, in, in the different sections, uh, five sections, I talk about getting started. You know, all the, we talk about, you know, understand who you are, your vision and, and go through that. And then we go into uh, money in your dream. So talk about literally counting the costs. You know, that's an unheard of thing. Count the cost. Well, you know, just give me money. That's all I need. Right. And, you know, there's more to it and how to make some good choices and, and in that process and how big do I make my office and understanding how to select an office and things like that. And then I get into a section uh, called designing your dream. And I have about 60 pages where I just talk about uh, the orientation of an office and what things are called. Uh, so everyone's on the same page, but I designed it with the purpose that if, if a doctor had the book, they literally could just hand it to an architect and just say, become an educated uh, person and help me with this process so we can talk the same language and we can talk about the importance of zoning and talk about making sure that we get things set up properly. And then I have a section of constructing your dream where I talk about construction costs and how smaller offices will cost more per square foot than a larger square, uh, square foot office and get in and talk about the timelines and flow charts and, and even talk about planning the move and how important that is. And, and basically you need to start planning your move literally, you know, three months before you move in and people go, what? Well, yeah, there's, there's a lot of planning that goes into that. And the last section I talk about living your dream and I just talk about some marketing ideas of things I've seen and additional helps and office maintenance, but the, my funnest, uh, most enjoyable is uh, case studies. Um, have a section on dentists that have uh, uh, done some really great things and some blunders and some things that they wish they had done differently. And uh, also just uh, from this, from the viewpoint and the vantage point of trying to learn and make better choices. Yeah. Well, that's, what's great about having good case studies that don't just uh, show off all the amazingness, but also like, Hey, here's some challenges we had. And here's what I wouldn't do if I did it again. And I wish I would have known better and stuff. So that's, that's super powerful. Where can everybody get the book on Amazon or. Well, I, I self-publish uh, and sell it, and it's on uh, it's dreamdentalpractice.net, dreamdentalpractice.net. Dream or you can look up Dentalese, it's just one word, okay. or Denko Dental Construction. It's also on our, our website there, dreamdentalpractice.net. Wow. Well, obviously, we've had talked for a very long time around this whole concept and idea, and, and I love that. I don't know if I've ever met another contractor especially in this space somebody who builds buildings who thinks the way that you're thinking around 
the process before we even, you know, when when nail goes into a piece of wood, right? Before the concretion concrete's laid, like to be able to to have that process of knowing what is it you want, who you are, and let's build around that is is incredibly incredibly uh, powerful and needed. And I, I can see why you're so successful in what you do. Well, I appreciate that, Dino. Thank you. That's amazing. Well, we've come to a part of our show where we typically go through our six questions that we ask everybody. It's a rapid fire Q&A. And then uh, we want to make sure people get to know how they can get a, a, in touch with you and, and get more of your information. Uh, are you ready to play? Let's go for it. I'm, I, don't, I hope I'm ready. Well, since you see so many private practice owners out there, the first question is, what's the most expensive thing that you, that private practice owners are missing in their practice? Wow. Most expensive thing I would say is, uh, um, usually it's the, the correct piece of uh, high-tech equipment that they need. You know, so, whether, it, whether it's an Itero or whether it's a milling machine or whatever, they just haven't taken the step to invest in it. They, it's on there. I'm going, I'm going to, I should, I should. And they get should all over. Yeah. Yeah. I hear it. I use that all the time too. So yeah. Should, should, should on me. Uh, what's a book that you think every private practice owner should be reading? Um, I love the latest uh, book by Bob. Uh, Iger, uh, Disney uh, CEO. Oh, I don't know what it is. I haven't read that one yet. Uh, it was just a, a book on um, Bob, and it oh. is really an eye opener. Uh, like his autobiography? Uh, yes. Oh, cool. And it, and it uh, was very eye opening. Uh, he has some really good premises, uh, really good um, thought provoking uh, things that he lives by, but also the man and how he uh, created so many things and helped Disney move forward. Uh, they would have been lost in COVID if they hadn't had the foundation that they had. Yeah, there's a great um, masterclass with Bob Iger on leadership. That's really, really, I don't know if you've seen the masterclass series that yeah. is really, really good. He, it's, it, I remember watching that, I think right around when COVID was starting. But it's well, it's a it's an easy read and it's just it's fun and it's it's really enlightening. I've uh, actually just read it twice. I finished going through it again. Oh wow, that's awesome! I need a I need a an autobiography. That's good. I'm, I have too many like actual like business books of what to do type stuff. So I need an autobiography. I love to hear people's journeys and where they came from and what they did. In my book, The Practice Rx, I focus on team culture and team performance as the foundation for business growth, for all business growth. What do you see when you're talking to these doctors around their biggest challenges when it comes to their culture or their teams of their practice? Um, biggest issue are several, but one of them is the doctor themselves. Mm. Um, just not not uh, having a foundation to be able to lead. Um, and then the other is, uh, I would say, the dental team uh, not being valued. And mm -hmm. I see that in design. I see that where the dentist office will get that extra operatory rather than give a place for his dental team to actually meet and enjoy one another. Wow, that's really insightful. Because yeah, there are times where I walk in like, this is your break room, this is your this yeah. is training room, if you will. Yeah. And I, and I have doctors that pride themselves in them that they gave themselves a small closet for the entire break room. And literally we've, I've seen some literally in a closet, literally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, you just kind of go and what that message gives to the team uh, that they're not important. That's and, and so I, it's just the opposite when the, you know, you know all that. Yeah, you know, it's true. Right. It's, it's right on, right on the nose there. That's great. Uh, well, how can people reach out to you and, and connect with you? Well, dreamdentalpractice.net uh, okay. is the easiest or you can go uh, uh, Denko Dental Construction. And uh, and Denko Dental Construction, is that where they can see a lot of the pictures and stuff of what you've yeah, already we, I toned it down. It was getting too big. I think I've got about 80 or 90 offices on there right now. That, that might be enough. That, that... I, it's just... We had to we had to cut it back. It was getting too hot, 
taken too long to populate and just, uh, but you'll, you'll see a wide variety of specialties and general and, and uh, just, it, it's a great place to use as a tool. And, and people say, well, Steve, you're giving too much away. Well, that's what it's about. It's about making a difference and helping people make better choices. I, it's so funny, Steve, because I, I always find that interesting when, like, first of all, the more you give to people and share with people, I believe, the more they're going to see that you have, you're confident in what you can do. You're not worried about, like, there's this thing and amongst consultants that I don't like, which is exclusivity and this uh, non-complete thing, or non-compete thing, right? And I'm just like, man, I'm not... I'm not scared about the stuff that I teach. Like I'm pretty confident in it. Somebody, there's no one who could teach it the way I teach it. There's no one who does what I do. Yeah. Uh, so why am I worried about that? So yeah, when, when you're, yeah, I just, I find it fascinating that people are hung up on little things like that and that you give away so much, man, don't you want to spark their imagination? Don't you want them to see the variation of all the different colors that you can create and create and, and, and draw with that's that's so important so true yeah, yeah. um what's the best advice that you've ever received in life or business be yourself you know i, I just uh <laughs> it it's so powerful to be yourself and give of yourself and not expect anything in return mm, so true all right, what's the best resource or tool that every private practice owner should be using right now to grow their practice? Um, their patients. Oh, expand on that. Well, it, it just, uh, how many times I've gone into office and they, number one, didn't engage, didn't develop relationship. Uh, they didn't take the time, could I have a referral? Hmm. And, or a simple thing of saying, you know, uh, how about we reschedule an appointment? Uh, you know, just the, they forget they have their number one best selling tool in front of them every day. Yep. It's um, interesting. I, I teach a thing around surveying your patients and not like, how do we do today? And then it's like, no, when you're thinking about changing things up, what are the things that you like about our waiting room? What are the things that you would actually prefer that we see? Like whatever, just get other people's opinions, especially the people that you are serving and deliver that to them. I'm in, in the middle of doing a program right now that I surveyed people about six months ago around what they would like to learn more about. And now we're creating the content around it because I already know people want that. Go to your audience, go to your patients. They're a great resource. I totally agree. I don't think we've had that answer yet on this show. That's a, that's a great, great uh, answer there. Well, thank you. Steve, this has been a, a great time well spent with you learning more. I would never have guessed at the beginning of this call that we would have been like, hey, let's really deep dive into the psychological and the, the, the mental uh, uh, complexities and needs of design of an office. And so I always think that things happen for a reason and I get together with people who have the same like like-minded thoughts. And so I'm really grateful that you so do. Like when I, it's something I don't talk about that much because it's not my field, right? I don't walk in and be like, you should change the colors in this office. I, I have done that. <laughs> I, I have like a pen, a coat of paint would do good in this office. But to have somebody out there that I know is thinking about design, is thinking about this place where the doctors and the teams and the patients are going to come in every day and feel who the doctor is and get to know who that doctor is based upon the design and that there was thought and intention and focus put on it. It's really awesome. So thank you for doing what you're doing. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's been a real joy. I, I've enjoyed this. Oh, good. Good. Me too. Uh, hopefully everybody else out there, you took a lot of notes. You have been inspired. I hope that you listening to this show have been inspired by what we uh, have been talking about here and what Steve brought to the show. And even just if you look at your office a little differently, maybe you're not in the place right now of gonna redesign everything or build a new office, but what can you do to walk into your office tomorrow and say, does this, does this reflect who I am? Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's something that 
I encourage especially the older dentists that have been in their space for 10, 15, 20 years is challenge yourself. Yeah. Walk on an off day, walk into your office like a patient. What is it they see? Yeah. And, and it's so embarrassing sometimes. I, I show the dental students when I do a presentation and I show them a presentation of pictures of the doctor's office and, and sometimes the incredible clutter when they're, they're a specialty and there's, they're talking about cosmetic dentistry, but they're walking down the hall to all this stuff in the hallway that's stored and, and or they walk into, I, I met with a doctor this morning and the only reason he wants to go on his own is he's tired of, they sell high-end cases, but he's so embarrassed by the surrounding. They have paper, uh, paper um, blinds, shades that oh. don't even fit. And then they has machines and his equipment and technology is dripping on the floor. And, and, he's, and he's just going, oh, there's such a disconnect here. Yep. I have this thing, I know we need to end, but I have this thing that I do when I go into offices. And I, I used to work for Disney years ago. I was a Disney dancer. And, you know, Disney ruined me in a good way, right? I see things differently. I'm like, why is that trash can overflowing? And, you know, why do we? Why are we seeing all the uh, accounts payable folders sitting out on the desk, right? That Stuff like that. And this thing that I do when I go into offices or sometimes I'll speak is I call, I have my two-ply test. That offices are like, we have the greatest customer service and we're going to treat you, we're going to be the best part of your day. And then you walk into their bathroom and they offer one ply toilet paper. I'm like, that's a total disconnect, people. There's not a mother that goes in there and goes, oh, great. Like, yeah, these guys are really treating me awesome. No, you know, so it's <laughs> a little disconnect. So well, thank you, Steve, so much for being here. And thank you, everybody, for listening. As you know, our goal here is always to bring you the best practices. And today, literally, we brought you how to bring your best practice to your practice. So thank you so much for, for being a part of that. And for those of you that are listening, thank you for sharing this, uh, this episode or this podcast with your friends and colleagues. As always, we hope to see you at an upcoming event. Don't forget to subscribe so that you're alerted for when we actually do bring out new episodes. And remember, our goal here is always to help you be more proactive, productive, and profitable in all areas of your life and business. We'll see you on the next episode, everybody. Thanks so much again for listening to the Profunner podcast. We really appreciate your support. If you haven't subscribed already, please make sure you do so. Also, if you feel like you might be a good fit for our podcast as a guest or know somebody who you think would be, go ahead and email us at dino at dinowatt.com. Again, thanks for support. We'll see you on the next episode.